Hello, this is Diana Olenik, the host of the Alchemia Success Show. And today we are with an amazing woman. She is Theresa Laina, and she has more than 20 years of experience as a recognized Silicon Valley thought leader. She's also a strategist, and she's the CEO of the Lina Group, which specializes in marketing strategy. She also has developed a very specialized model, which is called the Be the Go-To, but she's gonna let us know about that in a moment. Thank you very much, Teresa, for being here today and sharing all the amazing insight that you have. Please let us know how did you get started in all of this amazing journey? Well, thank you for having me, Diana. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, the way I got started with all of this is I, I worked for a large global management consulting firm for a number of years and actually helped them start a new business unit. And we grew that to be uh, a, almost a billion dollars in a fairly short period of time. And, and if I reached a point in my life where I was really questioning, am I doing the right thing? Should I be exploring other options? And I had a lot of creative ideas I wanted to explore. And so I actually left the company to go start a business specializing in educational entertainment for children, which could not have been more different from what I had been doing. And yet I decided to go and go ahead and also have a consulting business on the side. And I used my consulting profits to fund the educational entertainment company. And so I had employees who uh, would, I hired very creative people with, with MBAs who could, who could straddle both worlds. They had creative backgrounds, but they also had business backgrounds. And as I pursued that, um, there reached a point where I realized uh, two things. One is I, I wasn't crazy about the entertainment industry as it existed at that time because I, I was finding that having come from a business where I could take everyone at their word, I was learning that I couldn't always do that in the, the part of the business I was dealing in in entertainment. And secondly, I realized that production was... Uh, television production was not that different in certain ways than what I had been doing, project management in many respects. Mm -hmm. And so uh, eventually I decided to go ahead and shut down the children's business and I kept the consulting business going. And as I worked on growing that, I started running into situations where even longtime clients, even at my former employer, who knew very well what my expertise was and that of my people, we had been doing great work for a long time, and they started pushing my prices down and they started telling me, well, you know, we can get that just as easily over here for a lot less. Or, well, we could just go hire someone to do that overseas who would charge a lot less. And I was really puzzled by, gosh, um, you know, how do I position the company to clearly demonstrate the kind of expertise we bring? Because we did have expertise. We were not an interchangeable part with other writers or content creators or marketers or strategists or what have you. Uh, at the same time, I started seeing the same problem at my clients where we would be helping them with uh, strategy and marketing initiatives and they would be trying to tell us what made them special. And I would say, I'm sorry to break it to you, but you really aren't. Everybody says that same thing. There is nothing different about you. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I also saw a few examples out on the market that intrigued me because somehow they managed to charge multiples more in their pricing than others in the marketplace. For example, there was one consultant who was charging probably 20 or 30 times per day what we were able to get. And I, I was blown away by that. And I thought, gosh, how in the world are they doing it? So I went out and decided to study the market. And I really wanted to understand what is the difference between companies that successfully establish themselves as the go-to instead of a me-too. And what is that process they go through? What is the, what's the recipe? And so I did discover that there were four important pieces to the recipe. And, you, and I also learned through the research that you have to do all four of them. If you do just one, two, or three, you will not sustain your differentiation. You won't be able to sustain those high profit margins by being able to charge more because eventually other people are gonna catch up with you and you're gonna be at parity with everyone else in the market and unable to justify higher prices. 
So you'll end up, in fact, in the opposite situation where you're having to cut your prices in order to compete. And that, of course, leads to all kinds of problems for a business. You're not making enough profit. You're barely covering your costs. And as a result, you don't have money left over to invest in your future. You don't have money left over to develop new offerings or to invest in marketing or hire the best salespeople you can find or the top talent in the marketplace. So there are a lot of issues that happen when you start having to compete on price and have thin margins and unable to um, you know, fuel your future with those profits. So that was the that was the genesis of all this. Yeah. Wow, that sounds yeah super exciting uh, that you were able to you know find first of all your own kind of like passion and develop more you know the the consultancy that you ha were having that experience and um, being able to extract all of these insights from these um, business owners or clients that you were working with in order to create a model that was actually working, but for most of the people is kind of like hidden. We mm -hmm. actually don't know what are the specific, you know, steps that are behind that they are doing. So what you found is amazing because that sounds like the actual formula, right? Like the actual blueprint that the successful uh, clients or in, entrepreneurs, let's say that are able to, kind of charge a premium um, price, they are able to do it by following all of these four pillars that you are speaking about. Yes. Right. Yeah, I, a metaphor I like to use is Legos. You know, you have, if you have a bunch of pieces of Legos, they're all over the floor mm -hmm. and they, they don't really mean anything, they're not accomplishing anything. But if you put those Legos together in just the right way, you can have an incredible design, an incredible creation. You could have a wall, that actually provides support or protection. You can have, you know, we see all kinds of amazing creative gizmos that people put together with Lego sets. And what happens with a lot of businesses is they're doing a lot of the little pieces. They've got all the Lego pieces laying around. They're just not quite putting them together in the right way. And they might be missing a couple of critical connector pieces, or they're not putting them together in the right sequence or in the right design. And so what's the beauty of this model is it really lays out all, how all of those pieces fit together and how they integrate to give you something powerful for not only, not only developing for yourself a, a wonderful reputation in the marketplace, but also the substance behind that so that you're actually delivering on what you promise. You're not just uh, you know, a flash in the pan. You're not just all talk but you're also walking the talk in what you do and delivering true value for the marketplace in a way that justifies higher prices than what you might otherwise be able to command. Yeah, that's awesome. So now trying to jump a little bit in the, in the how to, mm -hmm. uh, would you be able to explain in general what would be kind of like those pillars that you're speaking about or, or what would be you know the general steps that somebody could follow or start understanding um, in order to be able to build a, a premium brand and justify the value? Yes. Yeah. And as I talk through this, uh, a great case example and metaphor, which I actually named the method after, is the Apollo Space Program. And I did this because when I, uh, well, I'll tell you how I came up with the method, how I kind of pulled it together. I was actually on an airplane one day on the way to Chicago to a client meeting and I was struggling with what my strategy should be with my business. And I sketched out a flow diagram and it had four columns to the diagram. And I had the flow diagram was different tactical things I needed to be doing or strategies I needed to be doing within each of those columns and then how they connected to each other. And as I, as I looked at it, I realized, okay, I need, I need a heading. I've got these four key phases and I named them launch, ignite, navigate, and accelerate, which I'll get into in just a moment. And then as I was trying to figure out what could I name this method, I need some kind of name for it. And I was reading up on, I was reading an article and the Apollo method about the Apollo space program. And as I read about 
and got reminded of what they did to put a man on the moon. This audacious goal, this big moonshot, this, this very ambitious undertaking that John F. Kennedy announced in 1961 and said, you know, by the end of the decade, we're going to put a man on the moon. And they really had no idea. They had some idea how they were going to do it, but they didn't know for sure how they would do it. And this is how a lot of businesses start out. You know your vision, but you don't know exactly how you're going to get there. And I realized that the method really did parallel what the, they had to do to achieve the, the moon mission for the Apollo space program. So I named it the Apollo method for market dominance. Oh, so, just to give you, uh, and what's interesting is I, as I got into the research, uh, at first I just kind of named it that because it was just a, a clever little way to name it and it went with the phases. But as I did more research on the Apollo space program, it was incredible to me how precisely the parallel did follow what you have to do, just how much it lined up with the methodology. And, uh, and I, I saw this fabulous um, mini-series, which I recommend everybody watch because it's really well done. It's called From the Earth to the Moon. Tom Hanks and Ron Howard and I think Brian Glazer produced it. And they tell the story of the Apollo space program. They dramatize it. And it's actually fairly true to, you know, it's fairly um, uh, factual in how, they, in how they tell the story. They're pretty true to fact. And as I watched that, I thought, oh my gosh, it is unbelievable how much this resembles what you have to do to successfully build a business that has, that's a go -to, has a go-to reputation. So the four pieces are, are, as I mentioned, launch, ignite, navigate, and accelerate. So I'll give you just a quick snippet on what each of those entails. Launch is where you decide what you wanna mean in the market. That's where you set your vision and your goal. And the important thing here is to do it around a market problem. So most companies will come up with a product or offering that they want to create, and then they decide what market it applies to, and they decide how to take it to market. In this case, what, what I'm recommending is that you start with a market, and you look at that market and say, what's the big problem that I want to own in that market? So you're building your vision and your strategy, not around a particular product or service right away. You're building it around a vision for where the market needs to go and what it needs to do to solve this problem. And it's a problem that you're going to take intellectual and spiritual ownership for out in the marketplace. So Elon Musk with Tesla has basically said, look, we want to get people off of gasoline. Our goal is to accelerate the adoption of electric vehicles. And at one point in one of his interviews, he even said, you know what, if somebody come in, comes in and does it faster and better than us, great. Because you know we really wanna see the world get off of gas powered cars and onto electric. And our mission is to make that happen. So that's what you, that's what you wanna do is, is decide what problem you're gonna solve and what's your unique point of view around what needs to be done about that problem. Then you define a unique approach to solving that problem. So you have, you, coming out of the launch phase, you have your, basically your moonshot. It's like, here's the problem we want to help eradicate. We're going to, our whole existence is going to revolve around this issue in the marketplace. We have a point of view about what needs to be done. We've got a unique approach to solving it. And then you put your stake in the ground and you declare ownership for that problem and you announce your unique approach to solving it. Just the way John F. Kennedy stood up in front of the world and said, hey, we're gonna take a man to the moon and bring him home safely to Earth. And he declared the moonshot with uh, his famous speech. Oh. That's the launch phase. So before I move on, do you have any questions about that? Um, yes, in the second, um, I guess, uh, pillar, it's related with igniting and leading a movement is mm -hmm. that correct yes how somebody can somebody who is not well known who doesn't have a following who doesn't have because i am pretty sure that this method can be applied for anybody you know? like well let's get into the ignite phase for let's sure, get into sure. that okay so so next we have the ignite phase 
And here, as you said, the goal here is to ignite the market around your point of view. You want to ignite a movement in the marketplace, lead a movement. So yeah, the big question is how do you do that? Even somebody with a lot of resources can have a challenge with that. I was part of a global company and we had, it was, you know, we were, we were fighting an uphill battle in the market we were trying to break into because we had no reputation, we had no credentials, nobody knew us, nobody trusted us. So we were starting from ground zero as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a very particular strategy that I lay out in the book and you can apply, well, this whole method you can apply, whether you're one person, you can apply it to your career, you can apply it to being a solopreneur, being an entrepreneur, or being the CEO of a Fortune 500 or even if you just lead a business, business unit within a company or a product. So the, the strategy that I lay out in the book is that, um, first of all, you start with a, a, a group of power brokers who are in your market, who are influencers. Now, I'm not talking about social media influencers that you pay to you know, send out a tweet about your offering. That, that's not gonna really get you anywhere at this stage of the game. What you're really trying to do is build a, a, a base of support. And you see this with politicians. When somebody's trying to go out and say run for senator or even president, they start out with a small collection of people that they convert and, and turn into believers in what they're trying to do and what their capabilities are. And they get those believers and that set of power brokers to then branch out and help spread the word on your behalf to the next layer of power brokers and influencers who then spread the word to the next layer. So it's, um, they, you know, they evangelize on your behalf. Mm -hmm. If you think of a rock star or a rock band, this is how people uh, get, get traction, even building a reputation as, as a, a music group, is they start out with a small collection of people who know about them who are going to be influencers or they go play at the or let's take a comedian you know they try to get an open mic position at the comedy store in la and that's where people start to see them and talk about them and that's how that groundswell of buzz starts so you don't need you don't need a lot of money you don't even necessarily need any money the key here is reaching the right people with your message and converting them into believers in what it is you're talking about. Not about yourself. This isn't about you. It's about your message. It's about the problem in the market and why it's so important that we solve that problem and what needs to be done about that problem. This is why in launch you develop a point of view that's bigger than you. So this isn't about you or your product. This is about the issue, mm. the problem. And so, uh, so the key here is generating that groundswell of support. And as you get, uh, I like to refer to, uh, I call them tree trunks with vast root systems. So in any, almost any industry or any community, there's a handful of people, it might just be five or 10 people who seem to know everyone. They know everyone in that industry. They know all the, they know all of the key thought leaders. They know all of the people who organize the big events. They know all the people who, um, they know the, pot, the big podcasters, they know the heads of the trade associations and of the big companies. And you want to, your goal is to get to those people and convert those people over and or get as close to them or work your way up to them. Because that person, that tree trunk, that from the distance looks like it's just one person, but underneath, hidden, unseen by anybody else is this root system, this network out there that, ev that where they know everybody. And if you get that person in your camp, they can help give you access to all these other people and spread the word about you on your behalf. So that's why the media, for example, is so powerful. And this is where media relations would come in to your, to your activities. So the Ignite phase, involves meeting with power brokers and converting them to your point of view and getting them to be a believer. Uh, it's key media, key events, key bloggers and podcasters and those kinds of people. And then to some extent, social media influencers, but it's the ones who have true influence in the market, not just the ones with a big following. I mean, in many cases, those people bought those followers from some service. 
Um, you want genuine influencers. Mm -hmm. So that's the Ignite phase. That's where you generate this buzz and enthusiasm and support for your higher purpose, your, your point of view and the issue in the marketplace. And the reason they'll talk to you, it's not because you have a product that's exciting. They'll talk to you because they're interested in the issue. And that's how you, even a nobody, a quote unquote nobody can get on people's radar screens by getting out there and touting this point of view. That's why TED Talks are so powerful because people are up there talking about big issues, big ideas, big thinking, mm -hmm. grand, you know, sometimes mind blowing ideas. They're not up there pitching their product or service. And yet what happens? Those people become real ringleaders in the marketplace around those issues. So that's the Ignite phase. Then uh, the navigate phase is where you actually have to deliver on your promises, as I mentioned. So this is where you help customers and clients navigate their way along the journey to implement your approach to solving the problem in the market. So Tesla had to go, they couldn't just talk about electric cars, right? They went out and built phenomenal electric cars. Uh, you know, Amazon didn't just, when Jeff Bezos decided to, to start you know, his initial vision, his launch, his, his bigger vision was an everything store on the internet. But he started with books because, and that's another key part of, of launch back at the beginning is you wanna be very focused because you need to be narrow enough to be able to get traction before you broaden. So Amazon started just with books and then they eventually offered CDs and gifts, and then they broadened to, to more things, but they got traction first with books. Uh, just like Facebook, I'm sort of talking back in the launch phase right now, but Facebook started with just people at Harvard, and they got traction first with people at Harvard, and they got buzz and they ignited within the Harvard community. Then they broadened it to the Ivy League schools. You had to, be, you had, had to have an email address from an Ivy League school to be on Facebook. And once they got traction and buzz and they ignited that market, then they broadened. And then they kept broadening until they just opened it up to everybody. Mm -hmm. So with Navigate, you this is where you do your, your customer outreach. You, de, you, de, you develop a phenomenal customer experience. You develop your offering. And the key here that's different from the way most people approach this, most people develop a product or a service, period. It has functions and features, and it looks like what anybody else could go out there and do. Oh, we do content marketing, we do digital marketing, we do coaching, we do, uh, you know, we sell widgets, we sell, uh, <laughs> yeah. we sell email marketing software, or you name it. And what happens when people do that? It takes nanoseconds these days to match you on functions and features. Or if you're in the services business, it takes nothing for somebody else to say they do exactly the same thing you do. Yeah. Even if they don't, right? Nobody knows until after the customer's bought. There's no way to compare you before somebody has purchased the oh, service yeah. and experienced it. Yeah. So the key here is to, have a, to, to bring a solution to the table. To have, you know, in a, in a perfect world, it's a combination of products and services. So you're bringing a bundle where the customer can't pick it apart and can't compare you to what somebody else is offering. And you focus your value proposition on the outcome that the customer is going to realize, not just the capability or what it is they're buying. You're selling the result. So you're selling, you know, we're going to increase your sales by 10%. We're going to double your conversion rate on your email campaigns. We're going to help you triple your, your income. You know, I'm a coach. All right, let's say, let's, you know, pretend I'm a coach. I might say, I'm going to help you triple your income this year. Mm -hmm. Or uh, you can, uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of putting together a bundle like Tesla's back to the Elon Musk. I have lots and lots of examples in the book. I just happen to be picking That's Tesla. Amazing. Today. <laughs> yes. But but Tesla is a great example because it's not just a car. When you buy a Tesla, you're getting first of all the experience is completely unique 
start to finish. They don't even have your typical dealer location out on dealer row off the freeway, right? With the mm -hmm. big, the big air man flopping around, like, <laughs> like you know, trying That's to get your uh, no, they have, they, they are in uh, high-end retail centers where they're going to get foot traffic of the kinds of people they're trying to attract. That is their demographic, uh, a, a high-end mall, for example. Mm. And the, when you buy a Tesla, you have very little to choose from. You know, they have a fairly standard set of offering of um, colors and, you know, interiors and all that. And you order it. You don't even drive it off the lot. But what you get is a complete experience. You get the car. You get software upgrades you weren't even expecting. So I have a story in the book about some woman who bought a Tesla and boom, a few months later, she's got rear seat heaters that she didn't know about because they just turned on the software. They, they do automatic upgrades. You get an app. I have another story in the book where a guy's, Tesla was being broken into and the car recorded the whole thing and they were able to catch the perpetrators. Oh. Uh, so it, he actually got an alert. Boom, uh, ding, 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 ding. Your car is being broken into on the street. And he wow. ran out to the car and somebody had smashed it, done a smash and grab with his car, but it recorded the whole thing and they, they found the, the guys who did it and arrested them. So, you know, it's a, it's a full experience. It's mm -hmm. not just drive off with your car and then, oh yeah, we're going to ream you every time you have to bring it in for service. So the, they just reinvented the whole way that people experience the, the uh, mm -hmm. owning a car, owning, particularly owning an electric car. So that's just one example of somebody who's uh, done the navigate phase beautifully. Another example is Disney. When you go to Disney World, you're, you're not just buying tickets to this ride and tickets to that ride and that food. You know, you're buying a complete experience. So you're buying happiness. You're buying joy. You're buying a day of fantasy and excitement. And yes, you wait in line. You know, we, I mean, it's crazy. People will pay a week's paycheck to go spend hours standing in line all over yes. the Disney park. And yet somehow they walk out thrilled that they had this great experience and they, you know, they paid a fortune for it much more than they might pay at some other, other place. And Walt Disney originally his, his offering was, I want a, an amusement park where I can take my kids because up until then that didn't exist. They, they were amusement parks traveled from town to town. They were speedy, they were dirty. Uh, they weren't particularly joyful places, and he created this whole fantasy experience. So you're buying the whole package when you're buying your ticket to Disney World. So that's just another simple example. So yeah. that's the navigate phase. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and of course, you know, part of this is also about being efficient in the way you offer your offering so that you can get your costs down. So Amazon is extremely, they've invested, of course, millions, millions, maybe billions in making their warehouse operations super efficient and driving down the cost of what it, what it takes to provide what they're doing so that they can also have a competitive edge. It makes it harder for other people to come in and easily copy them. Uh, and, and even individuals can do this by having templates and easy processes that allow them to be really efficient in the way they're serving their clients. And then the accelerate phase, the final piece, is about change. So it's about adapting. Adapting to changes in the marketplace and staying ahead of the competition. Because even if you are completely unique with Launch Ignite Navigate, of course, there are going to be other people that come into the market and try to be like you or possibly even catch up with you. And so you have to stay ahead of everybody else, accelerate out ahead of everybody else. This is also where you broaden a little bit if you've been going after a narrow market. And then you adapt your offerings to meet changes in the marketplace. You watch what's on the horizon to see what's changing, what's coming, what are the big trends, and getting ready for that and making sure that you're going to uh, be fresh as the market transforms. And of course, 
the, the world is littered with dead companies that didn't do that. An example I like to use is Blockbuster. And I don't know if you've even ever heard of them, but it was yeah. in the US, it was the video rental company. The, they had video rental stores all over. Uh, almost every neighborhood had one and uh, they absolutely owned the market. They were the go-to at that time. They didn't accelerate. Netflix mm -hmm. came to them and even offered to partner with them mm -hmm. and, and, be, the, and uh, be their streaming arm. And that Blockbuster basically said, well, we don't think that's going to be any big, that's not going to really go anywhere. They didn't believe in streaming. Mm -hmm. And look, look what happened. Mm -hmm. Blockbuster's gone. Netflix is huge. But mm -hmm. Netflix, of course, is facing its own threats because mm -hmm. there are lots of streaming services now. And it is difficult to, to differentiate. They're trying to use custom content that they develop and Amazon and others are developing their own content. But it'll be interesting to see if mm -hmm. these uh, companies succeed in accelerating and keeping their edge as the rest of the market has filled up with Me Too's. So that's a quick recap of, yeah. the, of the four phases. That's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say that with the technology that we've seen these changes with the internet in this you know, era that we have been living, we've seen the internet, the computers, all of this revolution, and now the apps and everything seems to go super fast. Mm -hmm. So for a company more than ever, it's very, uh, very, um, you know, mandatory, basically, to survive, to be reassessing these interior, like, strategies that they have in terms of um, how to reinvent themselves. So, which, which takes us to the, that point that you were mentioning, the, the point that is unique. It has to be also being able to adjust, mm -hmm. to change over time, which is your fourth pillar, which is staying ahead of the competition. That part, I think that is difficult to do. <laughs> First of all, I, and I, I feel that it's very difficult to create something that is very unique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other challenge is to stay ahead of the competition, creating more uniqueness every time mm -hmm. and, you know, to serve, yeah. to, to grow into a more and more successful uh, and stable business. And so, in keeping with the Apollo metaphor, this is an orbit, you know, so you do launch, ignite, navigate, accelerate, not mm -hmm. launch, ignite, you know, you get into the accelerate phase, uh, you start over again with launch, okay. ignite, navigate. And you don't have to do them sequentially. You yeah. might pick and choose different pieces yeah. depending on where you are with your business or where mm -hmm. you're the weakest, because of course we don't have capacity to do all of it necessarily at once. Yeah. But um, you know, you may have to emphasize some things over others, but it's important to do all of it eventually, or, or even thin layers of each of the four mm -hmm. at a time. But yes, you're raising such a great point because years ago, companies would do a strategy project maybe every five years, a big new vision, new strategy, mm -hmm. and then they'd implement it for a few years and then they might come back and revisit it. And now you have to revisit that strategy. Oh my God. In some cases it might be weekly, you know, or <laughs> monthly or at least quarterly. And yes, constantly adapting because you're right. Things change so fast. That's another reason why when you're doing launch and also accelerate, really watch the trends going on in your mm -hmm. space. And it's better to go after what's coming so that mm -hmm. by the time everybody's on board and catching up with you, it's here. And you and you've you've kind of um, it's just like with the Apollo space program, you know the reason the U.S. was having problems in the space race back with the Soviet Union. For not not everybody might know the backstory, but in the late '50s, uh, we were in the Cold War with the Soviet Union, and it was sort of democracy versus communism, and democratic factions within the world were concerned that the Soviets would try to annex additional countries and that communism would spread. So it was a big threat and a big concern. And what was happening, and the space program for both superpowers was kind of representative of what was happening on Earth. 
And there was concern that if the Soviets won the space race, that they would uh, turn it into a, uh, a battleground effectively. And so the, the democratic forces uh, on earth decided that, you know, we really have to figure out a way to win. But what was happening in reality is that there were these incremental battles or uh, races. So the, um, the Soviet, the U.S. would be seeking to accomplish some little, you know, the next incremental accomplishment and the Soviets would, would beat them. And then the, the U.S. would be aiming for this and the Soviets would beat them. And we kept losing these little, these little small races. And that's when Kennedy said, we're going we're gonna to go here. And that's what I encourage you to do and people to do with their businesses is don't just be in an incremental one-upmanship with other companies, but rather what's happening on the horizon? Where are the trends taking us? And what do we need to do to really have people ready to solve? You know, what problem is coming or what, what, what problem is here? And what can we do to really make a massive improvement in how things are done? and have people ready for the future. Yeah. So, it's, it's, so that constantly watching the horizon is really important and looking at the trends that are coming. Otherwise, you're constantly going to be in catch-up mode with everybody else. Yes, that's a, such a great point because we tend to see a little bit off track and get stable and forget that there is always that recurrent you know, cycle that has to be happening. Mm -hmm. Even if we are solopreneurs, it's the fact of being reinventing and seeing the trends. I understand that there is something called that futuristics. I speak a lot about this, which is the internet of things. Mm -hmm, yes. are other I trends would, yeah. that are going to happen, like the 5G cellular technology, where you mm -hmm. can just speak and you will get every services at your fingertips, right? Uh, because that cellular technology is going to make you, you know, request everything just like uh, what, what we see Alexa from mm -hmm. Amazon and all of this. So when you think about that is that I feel that all the life as we know it now is going to be modified in some ways and it's going to affect greatly every single way of how businesses are rendering their services services and how they are operating. So mm -hmm. this is trying to look at the trends. What is, what is out there that is, um, you know, companies, big companies like Tesla and all of these companies are, have ready now to take to the market and revolutionize every mm -hmm. single thing, how we use it. That's how, that's what it means being ahead of the trends and adjust our offerings or our creations for that, those, um, you know, changes that come ahead. Yeah, so, in fact, something I talk about in the book is making sure you distinguish between a fad and a trend. Yeah. So a fad is something that's gonna be short-lived. So mm -hmm. COVID-19, for example, in the overall scheme of life is a relatively short-lived specific situation. So if you try to build a business around COVID-19, mm -hmm. you, you know, it might be okay to do if you wanna just sort of capitalize on something that's in the here and now, but that's not going to be a sustainable uh, mm -hmm. business because we'll have a vaccine for COVID-19, mm -hmm. people will adapt, et cetera. But the bigger trend is pandemics. Mm -hmm. So pandemics may not go away. There may be the next bug behind COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So what you can do is analyze what, for your industry, you know, whatever industry somebody's in, if if um, COVID-19 is a factor, let's say you're in the big event industry. So, uh, you know, yes, eventually you may be able to have your big events again, your big conferences or what have you. But then what happens when the next bug comes along? So you really have to analyze what are the impacts and extrapolate. You're an engineer by training. It's like math. You know, how do we extrapolate out what, what the implications are of the bigger trend of pandemics and how those impact society and our interactions as human beings and our social, mm -hmm. uh, social exposure to each other or physical exposure, whereas COVID-19 is more of a trend. So it's important to um, be clear about whether you're talking about a, a short, I'm sorry, a fad, COVID-19 is a fad. It'd be clear, are, am I capitalizing on a fad uh, or 
you know, am I looking, am I building my business around an, ex, a, a, an ongoing trend? Like the internet of things is a big mega trend that's going to impact every industry, you know, mm -hmm. all things connected and mm -hmm. uh, data collected from, from what used to be dumb things will now be smart things, uh, devices and uh, whether it's furniture or refrigerators or a, um, a field on a farm or, you know, about with where they measure water levels with IOT, et cetera. Another mega trend is artificial intelligence. Yeah. How that's going to change things. You, you were yes. alluding to that earlier. Yes, yes. Uh, the whole, you know, in the U.S. at least, healthcare, that's a big trend to look at. You know, how is that mm -hmm. going to change and transform? It's going to have to. It's not the way things are today is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So whatever industry you're in, there mm -hmm. are fads and there are trends. And it's important to really figure out where are things going. There's a, a popular quotes uh, that I think it was Wayne Gretzky used to say. He was a famous hockey player out of, I think, out of Canada. And he used to say, I skate to where the puck is going to end up. And that's what you want to do with a, with a business strategy is aim for where things are headed, uh, not where they are right now. Yeah, that's awesome. That's unbelievable, all of this inside, because we feel so confused with so much information out there. It's very confusing. We start as we and as these trends that you are talking about start to get more settled here with us, we are going to see, in my opinion, more jobs, regular jobs, you know, those type of entry Some type will of come, jobs some will go away. Being replaced, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. For example, for artificial intelligence uh, technology, many people are going to, I think, uh, explore the option of studying their own, you know, gig, mm -hmm. uh, their own rendering of their own skills or talents or expertise. Uh -huh. And this is where we're going to see a lot of trouble. I've seen it in myself. Confusion, like a lot of confusion with so much information that is outside, uh -huh. out there. Uh, but these are, this type of um, model that you um, offer is something that really puts anybody under an actual kind of like a structure, something that is proven, something that is out of research, something that is exactly the model that a, you know, big companies uh, use outside in order to justify their prices, their offerings, and it actually works. So I always love to hear all of these type of strategies because they're so useful. And the way that you describe it is absolutely, you know, clear, it's simple. So I guess your book, now let's talk a little bit about your book. You have a playbook, right? Is the, the Be the Go-To? Yes, yes. It's called yes. Be the Go-To. How yes. to own your competitive market, charge more, and have customers love you for it. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds super, super exciting. You can so see how, it in the background here. That's oh, the cover. Yeah, you can see it on sure. Amazon. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's what you can look for. Yeah. And so it's well, very step-by-step. -step. So exactly. I, I designed, I, I wrote it because I wanted to make sure that people could go implement it as is, you know, mm -hmm. I, I provided enough detail that you don't need me to do mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. uh, at some point in the future, I will be putting together a co um, a membership program and courses to help people dive deeper. But really, mm -hmm. you don't, many people will read the book and they'll say, oh, I get it. I see what I need to do. You've put the Lego pieces together for me. Mm -hmm. I, I can do this. And I do provide worksheets in the book. I provide supplemental resources on the website. You'll find that access to that in the book and with some templates and tools. And so you can be off and running on your own. And I felt that that was very important. There's a lot that's out in the market on certain topics that I don't dive into because there's so much great information already out there. So I refer you to some of those sources on the website, whether it's customer experience or product development, product creation, um, you know, some of those types of topics where uh, sales and a lot of those things are already out there. So I emphasize in the book some of the things that companies tend to not do or not do correctly. 
and some of the distinctions between the way people will typically approach it versus how they need to be approaching it. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very much intended as a guide to help you, uh, you know, go through the process on your own. That's awesome. So speaking about that uh, kind of like research that you made and that you understand, which is like the most common mistake that business owners face when they are trying to set up their prices and all around this, which is related with your uh, model. What is the number one mistake that you see many people doing over and over? That people should well, the, the big inspiration for doing this is the lack of differentiation. Mm. They just are not fundamentally different. Yeah. And, they, and certainly they're not different in a way that's obvious to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So that, that was the big driver of developing this methodology mm -hmm. is a way to achieve sustainable differentiation. And the goal is to be able to justify higher prices so that you can charge what you're worth and have healthy profit margins. But the, the, the fundamental issue is everybody looks and sounds the same. So that's my central message, be the go-to, not a me too. Yeah, that's, that's a nice um, way to put it, nice example. It's not a commodity, right? It's that's just right. being absolutely unique. So people know that that's the only person that I've heard saying that or the way that they, they have it and I think that the main points that I can see here that I love it is the creation of a movement mm -hmm. because a movement is different to trying to sell something. A movement goes farther than that, right? A movement creates a whole mission for which everybody is, you know, aligned to achieve. So that is very different and that solves the problem of trying to sell. Many people have a lot of trouble. How can I sell more, right? And I am a, a person who like to explore all of these, um, you know, possibilities and strategies about sales. Uh -huh. And I think that this is this is one of the this is this is the actual way to do it. Is is that it comes from more from an authentic and genuine um, way to make a, a a legacy or to change something in the world or to provide a real solution to help others rather than I have this product or service as you explained and I said it. It's not a commodity, it's something bigger than that. Yeah. You know, a great example of somebody who did that that a lot of your audience may be able to relate to is um is uh Tim Ferris because he wrote a book called The Four Hour Work Week. And you know if you look at what's in his book, there's it, his bigger purpose, his bigger mission was to inspire people to realize they aren't, they don't have to be chained to their job. They don't have to be, uh, they don't have to work a 40 hour work week and go in and clock in and clock out and be slaves to their job and, and not live the life they really want to live. And so his bigger, his higher purpose, his bigger message was, look, it's possible to get tremendous leverage out of your time so that you can be free. You can be free to live the way you want to live, to spend time doing what you want to do. You don't have to be chained to a job. And then he provided a method for, for doing that in his book. He laid out, uh, you know, it was fairly prescriptive. He offered very specific advice about exactly what to do. And it really ignited a movement. He wasn't the first person to come out and encourage people to go off and uh, be, you know, create their own brand or start a business or what have you by any means. But he did offer a unique approach or a, at least a prescriptive approach yeah. for doing it. And he did, a lot of people out there will tell you that he was an inspiration for them to go start their online business, for example. You know, a lot of internet entrepreneurs, uh, I think were, um, were really fired up about what he and and you know he sold millions of those books he mm -hmm. definitely impacted millions of people so that's you know that's a simple example so beside creating a model it's also you know working beside at the same time with creating this movement right because i've seen many people saying this unique sorry blueprint this unique model this unique model that made seven figure businesses that and everybody's saying the same you know so right how do right we know? right oh. 
Yeah. yeah, they're, well, they're, yeah, they're commodities. I mean, they are, they are all saying the same. I see that a lot in the internet creator space yes. and the coaching space. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of the people out there who are making names for themselves are all basically saying the same thing. So you need a unique, you know, that's why, you know, carve out a problem nobody else is really tackling. Pick a, mm -hmm. And if there's, if somebody's tackling this, go carve out a, a, a more specific, you know, a niche. You hear a lot of, of talk out there. I don't, I'm not the first one to uh, talk about how you can grow rich in a niche, but mm -hmm. if you're small, then pick something very specific and narrow. And, um, you know, I, I know of one woman who I heard actually on somebody else's podcast has created a whole business around helping people raise and birth their goats, a goat business, home-based goats, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. having, not even having goats as a business, but just how to, how to, how to take care of their goats, how to mm -hmm. diagnose problems with their goats. One of her best-selling courses, I think, is a, a parasite course, goat mm -hmm. parasites. Yeah and goat nutrition and how to make goat cheese and how to give birth to your new baby goats, um, mm -hmm. all the, those things. And, you know, that's a very specific niche, but apparently she's doing extremely well. She's got mm -hmm. uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in business mm -hmm. every year mm -hmm. on this uh, how-to business around goats. Yeah. So that's a unique and she, mm -hmm. you know, she's got unique approaches and techniques that she teaches. So mm -hmm. for a lot of people, they're going too broad. They're, mm -hmm. they're trying to um, be all, I, I like to say, if you're all things, if, if you're all things to everyone, you're nothing to anyone. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to be all things to everyone, you're nothing to anyone. So it's better to narrow down and figure out what market can I own? You can always expand from there but start yeah. specific. Mm -hmm. It needs to be big enough that mm -hmm. will, like her goat business, she needed to make sure that there were gonna be enough people who were willing to spend money who, who had that hobby. But it's amazing how, how big some of these hobbies are in terms of spending and what people do. And also just uh, industries, even within an in industry. So the more people can, narrow down, the more they're likely to get traction, get attention, lead that movement, and then they can broaden from there during the accelerate phase. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's right there, some amazing insights so we can understand that the price as the price is not the real issue. The price is something that is psychological, right, anyways. It's more about the value and the movement that you can create and your uniqueness. That is where the price comes to, you know, to actually have a lot of weight and people would be willing to pay, as you mentioned with your example of the goats, any money when they see the real value and are totally identified and the message is clear and uh, the whole movement is created and people want to be part of that movement. So, right. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I am very excited for your book. So uh, you mentioned, is it in Amazon right now? People can yes, read it's it. On, it's on Amazon. If you search Be the Go-To, mm -hmm. it should come up. And yeah. uh, you can always add my name, mm -hmm. Teresa with an H, or Teresa Lina, L-I-N-A. Yeah. And uh, you, can, uh, you can also get to it by going to the Apollo Method support website, which is apollomethod.com. Okay. And then my email, if you want to reach out, is mm -hmm. Teresa at apollomethod.com. Oh, that's awesome. So what is coming next for your um, business, your creation, your projects? What do you have there cooking? <laughs> Well, I'm obviously very focused on trying to get the word out about the book. It only yeah. launched a few weeks ago. And then I plan, I do plan to put together a membership program so that people can get ongoing support and also help each other. A part of the Navigate phase that I didn't mention is building a community of believers mm -hmm. around your, your, your point of view and your approach. Mm -hmm. And I would like to do the same uh, for the Apollo method so that people can help each other grow their businesses and support each other as they all, they, they'll all speak the same language from having read the book and digested the material. And then that will include some uh, training programs as part of the membership. 
Oh, so hopefully awesome. that'll be out later this year. Fingers and, crossed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we're all excited to see that coming. It's, it's a very helpful method, a very helpful program. And I'm pretty sure that many people would be, you know, willing to actually access all of this framework, this kind of like a step-by-step -step that people would need to actually create something that is amazing and not it's just like the normal product and service that everybody else has. Like if this is not uh, your, your uh, course that everybody else is offering, this is not your, you know, um, your uh, type of offer that is flooded there in the market like any other. This is a unique, a very unique um, system and it comes from the uh, research and investigation that uh, Teresa has been doing and from all her amazing experience and uh, insight that she has gathered for more than 20 years with uh, technology companies and with many other types of companies. So it's very amazing. We're super, super grateful um, with all this insight. How, how can people can get a hold of you, um, Teresa? Uh, well, if you want, you can, if you go to apollomethod.com, down, uh, there's a place that lets you download some resources and that will prompt you to put your email address in yes. and you can just fill that out and mm -hmm. that will put you on the list. Mm -hmm. And I don't send out a lot of communications, yeah. but mm -hmm. that will keep you informed as I come out with new yes. offerings and the membership program will also include support from me. So I'll get on periodically with people in the membership to mm -hmm. answer questions and provide coaching. So um, if you think you'll be interested in that down the road, that's a great way. And then you can always email me, as I said, mm -hmm. T-H-E-R-E-S-A at mm -hmm. ApolloMethod.com. Okay. That's awesome. That's super fantastic. Uh, I'm very, very excited for that and your book. Uh, I'm gonna actually go to Amazon, get your book, read it, because this is all valuable information that we need to get our businesses ahead. At us, and as we explained, this is very critical. This is very important because with all the changes that are happening, we have to be able to navigate properly in the future changes and mm -hmm. build sustainable businesses. That is very important. We don't want to build businesses that we have to shut them down a, one year or in one year or six months or three months no we want to do yeah. something and i'm strong. i'm very concerned that some companies are not they don't have what they need to have in place to yeah. stay in business as demand drops with mm -hmm. this recession that yeah. we're in and, and that could last a little while so it's it's really imperative that um mm -hmm. whether you use the apollo method or, or any other means, it's so critical to really differentiate and really focus on how you provide that unique value. But I think the book is a great primer. Uh, it's a good strategy primer, uh, no matter what. And it's a good starting point. And then you can dive deeper where you feel you have issues. And if there's anything that is not in the book that you feel the book didn't answer, I'm talking to your, your listeners um, and, and subscribers right now, but contact me and tell me. I would love to know and I'm happy to answer questions. That's awesome. Thank you very much for that. Is there anything that you wish I had asked you today, Teresa? Uh, no, I think we covered a lot of ground. I, I, mm -hmm. um, I hope I did answer most people's questions and I do hope people will reach out and contact me. If, if, uh, mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear what, what you think of the book. Yes, and uh, and whether whether it's helpful, mm -hmm. and then please do spread the word. I think mm -hmm. uh, you know you could help save some businesses by just letting people know about what's in the book. And um, and like I said, they can be off and running. It's not a, a ploy to sell consulting services. <laughs> yeah, for sure, that's good because uh, you can experience it by yourselves, put it in practice, and see the results. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Thank you very much, Teresa. It has been such a great experience, such a pleasure to have you here speaking and sharing all that wisdom that you have gathered during so many years. And uh, yeah, we're just so grateful and we hope to see you soon again when you have more offerings. Um, I love to think that 
we can also continue, you know, sharing. Um, it's not just that a new person has to come here. We, we can create our own, you know, um, movement around because we all align with the same type of um, thinking and the same type of, you know, thinking going forward and helping other businesses and helping other entrepreneurs and women and solopreneurs. So it's all beautiful to see how other businesses also progress and create more um, solutions for yeah. all of us. So it's very exciting. And uh, we, I also expect you to come back one of these days and share with us new strategies or new insight that you have. Oh, I'd be happy to. We can also do a deep dive on a particular topic within, exactly. within the strategy. That's, that would be great too. Thank yes, you so much, sure. Diana. It's been such a joy to be here and I really appreciate mm -hmm. the opportunity to share some of this with your, your mm -hmm. listeners. Thank you very much and see you in the next episode. Okay, Bye for great. now.